Welcome to Wisdom Plug Podcast with your host, Yemi Davids. The wiser you are, the better you live. Next slide. Melancholy is the richest of all the temperaments and most sensitive. He or she is an analytical, self-sacrificing, gifted, a perfectionist, very sensitive, emotional nature. Has high intelligent quotients, IQs, and very creative. No temperament has so much potential when energized by the Holy Spirit as a melancholy. Next slide. What are their strengths? They are perfectionists. Now that has a downside. But because they are perfectionists, they have high standards of excellence. They want this to be done well. They have high analytical abilities uh, with exemplary detailing. Of course, some high-level accountants are melancholies. They are a faithful friend. Have natural impulse to be faithful. So you can imagine when a choleric marries a melancholy. If the choleric is not growing in the spirit, he will be bullying the melancholy because she's always faithful, so he takes that for granted. If a choleric marries a sanguine, he has met his match. In, at the level, yes, you are angry, he will, she will talk to you. Ah, you can fire with anger, I fire with my mouth. Ah, that's why they fight, such people. Because he'll be expressing anger and saying some things. If she's a sanguine, she will talk. And that talk, the ego of the choleric cannot stand it. He said, me. <laughs> and then he begins to beat her. And sanguine, they enjoy beating. Because after the beating, they do nothing. They will resume. Ah, you can't kill me. They, they, <laughs> ah, oh God. She would like this. You beat her, beat her. As you are beating her, she will be giving you words. Sending message to your parents. Sending message to your career. Sending it. And you know, it's a horrible thing. And as she's doing that, the beating can escalate. That's what leads at times to somebody killing somebody. So if you're a sanguine woman, you need a lot of work on your tongue. Because one wrong statement in your office can earn you a sack. One wrong statement made to a friend in the office, the friend tells the boss, can earn you a sack. But they won't tell you that's why they are sacking you. But they heard what you said. The way you said it is derogatory, it's disrespectful, it's dishonorable. These are lessons. Melancholies are self-sacrificing. Can always be dependent upon to finish a job. They rarely seek to be in the limelight. <laughs> dumbo, dumbo. <laughs> they don't want to be in the limelight. They want to walk behind the scenes. Preferring behind the scenes. Choleric don't whether behind or before. We are doing the job. They want to be in front. Cholerics like to be in front. Not because they are just want to they take on task. But melancholists too want to take on task, but they prefer to be behind the scenes. They also usually take on sacrificial vocations. They do not waste words. If your melancholy friend, man or woman, tells you, I love you, 
Ah, the minute. If a sanguine man, he will call you every evening. Muni Mulai. I say, I love you. It's just for that day. Because sanguines at times they make promises that they forgot that they made the promise themselves. Melancholies don't waste words. So they don't just say anything. But when they say it, it's deep. Okay, next slide. Their weakness. They are self-centered. I hope all the melancholies in the house can hear this. All in the name of dealing with things, dealing with things, they think about things that matter to them more unknowingly that it seems like they neglect the other person. Either a friend or in the house. They don't know that. Self-examination and contemplation paralyzes his or her will and energy. They, it, this often makes them easily offended or insulted. They, they, they're very prone to be suspicious of other people, which leads to a persecution complex. What this means is that they, because they're into themselves, any little thing gets to them. And they always feel persecuted so easily. And it shows in the statement, why is everybody treating me like this? Your family don't like me, you know? Melancholies, they worry a lot. When they see two people talking and giggling, they can assume that they are giggling against them. I start worrying, they don't like me, I'm not a good person, you know? It's easier for a melancholy to commit suicide. Because when the devil sees that weakness, he amplifies the problem in their mind. It happened to Judas. What Judas did that was wrong was almost the same thing as what Peter did. Peter denied his master how many times? Three times. It's the same thing. But Peter is a sanguine. He can't go. Uh, we have done one. That one has gone. God will help me tomorrow. I don't know whether. You know he was crying. But do you know when he was boasting? You remember when he was boasting? I can never deny you. If all these disciples deny you, me, master. I'm by you. Master said, Peter, oh God, I've been with you for all these years. I can never. He said, before the cock crow thrice, you will disappoint me. And he did it. That's why they're crying. Look at the extremes of the boastings and then when he fell, the cryings. But as he's finished crying like that, <laughs> but melancholy, they think I'll overlinger. Judas thought, how can I betray my master? I failed in life. I have missed it. I can never recover. Everybody will be looking at me until the devil took advantage of that. So if you're melancholy, you need to tame your thoughts. Because you introspect more than you talk. So watch how the thing is going. There are many things you have built in your head that is not real. When a melancholy is analyzing Nigeria's problem, you know, Melancholy. I don't know what is wrong with this country. Everything has everything has not fallen. Me, I'm, I'm still standing. We are going to fight. You're going to the country will go down. Now lie, now lie. When General Sani Abacha was ruling this country many years ago, 1998, thereabout, they said the country will go down. It looked like it was going down, but it came up again. In 2015, they said it was going to go down. That's what they go talk. This elite. The elite, the stealing elite. When he wants to go down, they know that their money will go down. So they meet again. And organize how it will stay. On that table, they forget ethnic, they forget religion. 
Because if it goes down, their money will go down. So they will now see that's a compromise in shifting parties. They said they are doing dialogue. It's a lie. He said this will not go down. Nigeria will not go down in Jesus' name. What we are now saying, but not just that it's not go down, it should rise high. That's our next preoccupation. Anyway, my melancholies are pessimistic. They not only see the end of a project, they also see problems and feel the end result of the project will not be as good as promised. They usually amplify the bad and they are also proud, haughty, and critical. Another temperament that has problem with pride is melancholies. Because they are detailed, they are knowledgeable, they see things, they also achieve things, they have quiet pride. Pride is pride anyway, whether it's quiet or loud. But they are very critical. If you have a, a melancholy husband or wife, when you bring a matter to them that you want to do, before thinking too much, you say, I know. They say, no, relax first. So if you're a melancholy wife, for instance, and your husband is bringing things to you, if you keep saying no, no, or always doing your face before they talk, you're already, already doing like, uh, he will be talking to you again. It's the reason some men don't talk to their wives at length because every time there's always, a man wants to be approved. A man wants to be encouraged. And then he comes up, how to do this project. Even if you see all the holes in the project, calm down. Listen first. Encourage him. And then later bring up the, every small thing, start doing your face. Mm, mm, ah. When things come to his mind or her mind, you will not be the first person to approach. So these are things that happen in marriages. I wonder, he doesn't talk to me. She doesn't talk to me. You might have silenced him because of your critical spirit. And if you're a melancholy woman that is an achiever, you might be too critical at home of your husband, of your children. That critical spirit is what actually drives people away from melancholies. Because you show it in every area, unknowingly, always complaining, always, ah, calm down. The world is not the end. You know, your temperament affects your eating habits. I'm sure you know that. Sanguines have problems with fasting. Because that energy that they have must be foiled. So when they, any opportunity to break the fast, sanguines are ready. In fact, sometimes in the church, they forget that we're fasting. After eating the breakfast, they remember. That's a sanguine. I pray God helps them in Jesus' name. Because that also have an impact on their spiritual growth. But for melancholies, you don't want to announce fasting, they fast. They are very picky with food. So you hardly find too many obese melancholies. They always, they are critical of themselves too. So they always, you know, finicky, you know. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. Next one. Who is a melancholy in scriptures? Who can help us with that? Moses. Are you sure? Is it after he suffered 40 years that became melancholy? Before he suffered, I don't think it was. Joseph was a melancholy, yes. Joseph. Weaknesses of melancholy, they are also moody. They often manifest great mood fluctuations. You can see melancholy now, the next thing they're just cackling somewhere, sitting by themselves. Often exuberant, then almost immediately depressed for no given reason. To escape their gloomy moods, they often start by dreaming, <laughs> they're dreaming, which paralyzes their will and energy. They are also revengeful. This kind of revenge is a dangerous one. 
When a choleric wants to revenge, you know. You know. That's why they beg them. They like people begging them, apologizing to them. They're not growing spiritually. But for a melancholy, they might be after revenge, but you won't know. One day, she just packs her things from the house and never returns. Everybody in the world, we beg them, they won't return. So don't take it for granted that your spouse is quiet and gentle. If you understand the calculations that have gone, you will change. Hmm. I'm telling you because this happens a lot. When you see somebody do something suddenly, you see the woman in the house for 20 years, 30 years, nothing. The man is just misbehaving, shouting at her, everything. And then one day, he just does it and she goes to the kitchen and dumbles him. What sorry was that? I'm telling you, you say, ah, how can she do that? She's quiet. He's been pushing her, pushing her. Although calm or quiet on the surface, they are often resentful and angry for things seemingly not significant. They may harbor their desire for revenge for what? Yes. And eventually do something bizarre and totally. I'm not giving you license. So say, okay, they say I'm supposed to do something bizarre later. That's stupid. You go to prison. Uh huh. Now, this is also to help you that if those things are coming up on your inside, you need to talk on time. Because you don't communicate. You don't express yourself. Find a counselor. Find a pastor and express yourself. That thing you are keeping might lead you to do something you two you will regret for the rest of your life. That word is for somebody here. For years, there are some things you have been holding, maybe your career, or maybe marriage, or towards a particular child, and the thing is brewing up. It's been brewing up. And the enemy is very patient. It's time to find a pastor, find a trusted leader in the church, or a therapist, and then express yourself. Cry. Blot out. Say it out. And then you'll be, you'll be free. Next slide. Phlegmatics. They are the calm, easygoing, never get upset individual with such a high boiling point that he never, he almost never becomes angry. You know those people? Like Chris. Have you seen them angry people? Does he get angry? Chris. Ah. Okay. He's the easiest type of person to get along with and is by nature the most likable of all temperaments. He feels more emotion than appears on the surface and appreciates the beautiful things of life. Cholerics work well with phlegmatics because the backbone of phlegmatics are very strong. And things don't break them easily the way it breaks a melancholy. Next one. So you find why people attract each other in marriage. Most times a choleric husband or man will attract a phlegmatic or melancholy wife or choleric. And they are choleric ladies. Margaret Thatcher was a choleric and you see their husbands are quiet. But they respect their husband. That a choleric woman is not a license to disrespect your husband. What are the strengths of uh, flags? They are, they are witty. My second temperament is a flag. I'm a flag. A lot of people don't know that. I combine choleric and phlegmatic as principal temperaments. They are very witty and can be smart about it using dry sense of humor 
to go about it. They usually see humor in the most mundane experiences. They are dependable. They are, de they are dependability personified. These are people that work in a company for 35 years. They collect plaque. Meritorious. Uh... No, it's okay. <laughs> Meritorious what? Yeah, they stay. It's hard for them to just get out easily. They always do what they expected and they are rarely disloyal. Efficient. They are practical, efficient, and well-organized. They conserve energy by thinking and planning. They work well under pressure and they are neat and orderly. Next. Um. <laughs> I'm not even like about it. <laughs> They are selfish and what? They are often selfish with their money. Ah, no, I'm not like that too. It's Holy Spirit. Okay, I'm a choleric. Okay. I know, Holy Spirit. They often selfish with their money, uh, effort, or even emotions. <clears throat> they may love someone, but rarely let that person know it. If you have a phlegmatic, predominant husband, he doesn't express, I love you, all those things, but doesn't mean he doesn't love you. So if you're a phleg here, you have to express your emotions more. And if your husband is like that or your wife, uh, understand them better, okay? They, they may love someone, but rarely let that person know it. They are generally stubborn and oppose change of any kind. That's why they stay in the corner for 35 years. They don't like change. Anything you have said to do like this, the moment you are in a meeting, you will see a flag. The moment you are talking about something off the norm, they are the first person to change their face. And colleagues all can change things every day. <laughs> so, People that work with me, they know that we can decide something in the morning and then by 4 p.m., everything has changed. Understanding your boss. But I won't call a flag to tell the flag first. Too. I'll call a sanguine that likes new things. <laughs> Say, yes, pastor. Yes, pastor. If you call a flag, you will be quiet for three minutes. All the ideas will die in your heart. Just be quiet. <laughs> Pastor Joshua will say, yes, Pastor. <laughs> because they like new things. Sanguines like adventure. If you have a sanguine spouse, if you don't go on holiday, you have killed the marriage. She wants to go, travel, let's go. A melancholy can stay with you in a hotel. Just let's be okay, we are by ourselves. But a sanguine husband, they want to travel, they want to see places, they want to... They like life. Whether we're going to not borrow money, it doesn't matter. We pay. We pay. If a sanguine is owing you, you will be angrier than the person is owing you. Ah, sanguine will be telling you, relax. We'll pay the money. You now wonder who is owing each other. They'll be encouraging you. Your own money. The guy will tell you, how much is it? Nah. Eh? How much is it? If they don't pay, they don't feel it to sanguines. Except they're growing spiritually. But if they see you spending money, ah, they, they, they don't need to pay the money. Now you're not buying a new car, and I'm owing you 24 million. You're buying a new car. <laughs> you're okay. You're very okay. Okay. So they are generally stubborn, opposed stage of any kind. In extreme cases, they can be quiet rebels. Selfishness and stubbornness combines to, take the, to make them stingy. A flag, a dominant flag, they are stingy. Some of our fathers are like that. They won't give you money for 60 years. They won't feel anything. 
Have you a flag here? I have a scripture for you. The Libra soul shall be. <laughs> don't, don't, don't flag, Father. They can have 100 million in the account. I'll be leaving to bedroom. And the family will know. I'll be sitting like that in the parlor. The cushion has been there for 35 years. You sit there. And he's enjoying it. He has a sanguine son that is not saved. <laughs> Boom! Documents have disappeared. Boom! May we enjoy this thing? <laughs> okay. They, are, they often find it easy to tease others who annoy them or who threaten to motivate. When you try to motivate a flag, they, will, they always find a way to dodge new responsibilities. They don't like, they don't like trouble waters. They want things to be the same way, calm, just, but life is not like that. So those are the things that flags have to learn. Next slide. They are slow and lazy. Very prone to be slow and lazy. Often drag their feet. Their lack of motivation makes them spectators in life. And this keeps, the, this keeps them from initiating many of the projects that they think up. If you are a sanguine and your second one is phlegmatic, ah, you pray against laziness. San, san, they call it sand phleg. Indecisive. Phlegmatic can be indecisive. <laughs> they become indecisive through the years because of their desire to please people. They vacillate between wanting to do something or not being willing to pay the price in time or effort. So you can see your friend there. You can see your husband there. You can see your wife there. Especially the combination. Next slide. Quickly. Our time is gone. The 12 blends of temperament. What we're saying is, out of the four, you have a predominant one and a support one. Now, can we just revise? Because everybody's looking at me. Some people are angry that we didn't prophesy during this message. Some people wonder what are they talking about. What's the first temperament to talk about? Say it louder. Second one. Oh, thank you. Third. Fourth one. Phlegmatics. Please. Uh, what will make our lives better is when we're here in this church. So out of the four, you have a predominant one and a supporting one. And it can be 60-40. 54, 45 or something. It can be 70, 30. But you also know, based on your behavior, there's hardly any person with 100% one. In fact, sometimes you see three in various ratios. Maybe 60, 30, and 10. But you, you just, you don't have to now sit down and be calculating. Like melancholy is in the house now. Now wants to sit down. My temperament. I am 62.5 melancholy. I am 32.7 and a half. You don't need it. Just the general understanding and awareness, okay? Okay, so we are all a blend of at least two temperaments. One predominates while the other is a secondary. Number, number, next, next slide. So, they try to, you know, what's a sanclo? Sanguine and choleric. That means the predominant one is what? Sanguine. So, san mel, san flag. You, you understand that? Claw san, claw mel, Claw flag, or flag sun, flag claw, flag male, or male sun, male claw, or male flag. This is important so that you understand each other. Hmm. Weak temperaments get angry more. And, and sanguines. Sanguines, because of that... that um, excited, that's the positive part. The other part is they just... So if you have a husband that is sanclaw and the wife is a melancholy, ah, 
There will be words that she would have had to cast out of herself by herself from the man over the years. And let's understand our children, one of our daughters, any small thing at home, she'll come and meet us, mommy, I'm bored. And I wonder, what, what, what will I now do? That is one of, I had to pray, that, oh God, because you have finished your classwork, you watch some bit of TV, say, mommy, I'm bored. So what do we now do? But she's a sanguine. They want new adventures, new creative things to do. So one has to think about the kind of toys to buy, things to engage that kind of child. Sanguines, when they don't get engaged in the right things, other things preoccupy them. Sanguines borrow money easily to feed that. They borrow money from melancholy that is very trusted friend. They can even be living larger than the person they borrow money from. The melancholy can be staying with the dress she has and enjoy it the sanguine will borrow money and, and be flashy or more flashy or flashier than the melancholy. And the melancholy will be afraid to ask for his or money again because she doesn't want to hurt <laughs> life. The melancholy will now send somebody to tell him to remind her. Sanguines lie easily. Anyone that talks too much anyway, lies. Sorry, sanguines. I see many colorful people here. It's a blessing. They hardly wear something that's dull. It must shine. It must show that we are alive. Without them, I'm not sure God will enjoy this earth. Oh, yes. If you say sanguine an event, you will know. Ah, you will know. A man is not old until he stops learning. When you stop learning, you start dying. Learning is the key to greatness. Join us every Sunday at Global Impact Church at The Goodland, Ifako Bus Stop, Oworonshoki, Ogbudu Expressway, Lagos, Nigeria. Host, Yemi and Bimbo Davids. For inquiries, visit www.globalimpactng.org. Global Impact Church. Think greatness. Achieve greatness.